to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 273 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about causes of serratus anterior muscle weakness. We'll be going over the sources of long thoracic nerve palsy, talk about the appropriate diagnostic tests. We'll talk about the questions that you need to ask during your evaluation and so much more. So today what we're going to be doing is uh, kind of fine-tuning a little bit what we talked about in our last episode, which I know was a little lengthy, and I apologize for that. But there is so much to go over, so I thought, you know what, let's just kind of break this down a little bit and um, thought it would be better just to take it in segments. So today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to be talking about some of the causes of serratus anterior muscle weakness. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. This, uh, you know, everyone gets so caught up with trying to ask all the right questions during an evaluation and before you start that actual physical evaluation. And what happens is that you can sometimes miss the diagnosis completely. And what may look like something could be something else. So this usually happens to me. All right. You ask all the questions. While you get them into the room, you sit them down, you start chatting with them, you get an idea of what's happening, you jump into the physical exam with this idea in your head, and all of a sudden, whoa, there's this winging scapula. And it brings you back to asking more questions because you want to identify what the source of this is. Um, you know, was there some sort of attraction injury? Was it overuse? Is the person an athlete? Do they do a lot of overhead activity? Um, you know, was there an injury maybe near the scalene muscles or maybe a blow to the ribs? Uh, maybe a fever or virus or something that happened about the time that um, this weakness started. So just a real quick story about, you know, how that um, evaluation process goes and how I really kind of changed the way I looked at serratus anterior weakness. So I had this young lady come in, this was several years ago, and uh, probably 16 or 17 years old, had gone to um, see her orthopedic surgeon because she was having uh, some pain in her right shoulder. She had significantly limited range of motion, so about 45 degrees of flexion and abduction. Uh, a lot of heaviness in the arm, a lot of heaviness in the scapula. And uh, so... She came to me with a diagnosis of impingement syndrome of the uh, right shoulder. So I started my, you know, questioning of her and it kind of sounded like that. But um, when I asked her to lift her arm, uh, she just got to 45 degrees and she says, it just feels really unstable, like it's going to pop out. And I said, well, that's kind of weird. So uh, I then asked her to abduct and she got to about 45 degrees and same thing. A um, lot of discomfort and the feeling of instability in her shoulder. So I said, all right, let's take a good look at that shoulder. So we had her put a Johnny on 
And uh, as soon as we took a look at her back, she had this like severe uh, winging scapula. I mean, it was completely off of her back, uh, perpendicular to her thorax. And um, what was happening is she was dislocating because the glenoid was uh, really so low that uh, she was dislocating at flexion and abduction and actually had instability and was subluxing while uh, we were, you know, asking her to lift that arm. And so, uh, you know, nobody had really taken a look at her shoulder blade and asked all these questions. And she happened to be an athlete. She was a pitcher in softball. So a lot of, you know, uh, roundhouse pitching and uh, just sustained some traction. It progressively got worse over a couple of days uh, to a point where she couldn't pitch anymore. She was having discomfort. Um, She couldn't, you know, reach her hair to wash it and whatnot. And um, so... Through, through some evaluation and some neurodiagnostics, found out that she had actually completely torn that nerve uh, and uh, was not able to, to get it back. It did not recover, and she required uh, surgery where they took a piece of her pec out, uh, ran that through next to her thorax, tied it into the inferior and medial border of her scapula, stabilized it, and uh, several months later did excellent, uh, had full range of motion, and did very well and was very functional after that. But um, that's why I'm talking about the causes today because it may direct where we go with the treatment okay sometimes it's surgical but most of the time it's not Uh, so let's just go through some of the causes so first of all that long thoracic nerve originates from c5 c6 c7 nerve roots uh, and the long thoracic nerve is relatively superficial the the nerve roots of c5 c6 they they break off they go through uh, the the scalene muscle, the middle scalene muscle, and this is where it could get some compression and get tethered there, and so some some actual pull on the nerve to cause some problems. Uh, the other thing is that we need to look at, you know, did the person have surgery in the thorax? Um, and uh, occasionally that nerve will get hit, and uh, they'll lose function in that long thoracic nerve uh, and serratus uh, anterior muscle. You know, did they have a blow to the rib cage? I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I was going to catch a ball. I ran into the fence in the outfield, took you know a, a direct blow to my rib cage, uh, and since then I've had a, a little bit of winging scapula on the same side. So I, I probably sustained some damage to the serratus anterior and even to the long thoracic nerve. Um, but you know, 35, 40 years ago, uh, that we, we just kind of worked through that and uh, we didn't worry about it much. But now we take a much better look at that if somebody has taken some sort of a blow to the rib cage, uh, especially on the lateral side. Now the most common mechanism of injury is some sort of a stretch mechanism. Um, usually we see this with overhead athletes like volleyball players, uh, tennis players, or even you know softball pitchers. Anybody who is really extending that arm really hard to an extreme, um, you can develop a traction type of mechanism uh, enough to really damage that long thoracic nerve and cause some serratus weakness. The other thing that you uh, need to look at is those people who may have cervical spine fusion surgeries. You will see this very, very seldomly, but sometimes they will come out with some, um, you know, weakness in the serratus after that, and it could be some slight damage to, you know, C5, C6, C7. Um, now, if you also need to ask, well, did this come on suddenly? You know, was there a mechanism where all of a sudden this started or did it take a long time for this to progressively get worse? And, you know, sometimes um, if it 
takes a long time. You need to be wondering, well, is there some sort of a, a compression lesion there? Is there like a scapular osteosarcoma or other compressive sources that are growing next to that long thoracic nerve that may be causing trouble? Um, maybe they had a virus. So you should ask, you know, if they were really, really sick, had a fever, virus around the time of uh, when that started. Um, you know, those people who have traction issues, viral issues, uh, maybe uh, even just a blow to the, uh, the nerve, uh, th those people can get better, okay, and they can get better over time, but they don't always get better. And that's why we need to, you know, if we're suspecting a long thoracic nerve injury, causing the serratus to be weak, we need to consider what type of diagnostic testing do you do to identify this. So the most common test would be an EMG. Now, an EMG within three weeks, I've heard from several neurologists and physiatrists who do EMGs, is really not effective. You almost have to wait that three to four week range before having the test done. Um, and it's near impossible to get anybody up here in to have that done within three to four weeks anyway. So you just kind of let things rest. You decrease that inflammation uh, and uh, let it settle down some. Because 80% of people will do well conservatively. But it can take up to two years. So the most important thing here is identifying the problem um, so that the patient understands, well, this can take some time. Um, so if somebody's had like a traction injury or maybe a hit uh, and they have an EMG, it can identify if that is the nerve that is affected, number one. And then you can have serial EMGs. They usually recommend every three months to see if there's better activation of that nerve. And that will give you an idea that, yes, this will heal, but it will take time. Now, the EMG can also help to identify if there's complete denervation. Uh, and if that happens, uh, you can work on this patient till you're blue in the face. You're just not going to get anywhere, okay? So all you can do is make them comfortable by trying to uh, put that scapular in a scapula in a better position, trying to keep the rotator cuff strong in the range that's available. Um, but uh, sometimes surgery is uh, what needs to happen to keep that scapula down in place uh, and in a better position so that that glenoid... Uh, will allow the the humerus to function better. So, um, and then when is an MRI indicated or X-rays? Well, they are not very indicated for uh, a suprascapular nerve. I'm I'm sorry, but a um, a long thoracic nerve palsy. Um, but occasionally you could have a tumor on the scapula. Maybe there was a scapular fracture. It's a malunion. It's, uh, there's some callus formation there that could be aggravating that nerve. Um, so an x-ray can be helpful with that. The MRI will be helpful if you are suspicious of some sort of a compressive lesion, like a tumor of some sort. Um, but typically we start off with the EMGs, and that can be the most helpful test when it comes to identifying, you know, how badly this nerve is uh, damaged. So the point to today's podcast is to recognize why somebody has a serratus anterior weakness and to help identify the source, okay? And uh, if you know the cause, then you can better manage that patient. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let me know if you've had any findings in the clinic with your patients that have been a little bit unusual uh, during your evaluation. I'd love to hear about it. And thank you all so much for listening. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.